You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. This is the Leaf Sky Podcast. Here's your host, Jim Taddy. Hi, everybody. Thank you, Mike Ross, for that fine introduction. Jim Taddy here. Welcome to Leaf Sky, Episode 22, Season 3. Coming up very shortly, our special guest is Dave McCarthy from SiriusXM, NHL.com. Before we get going, the action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer with tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports. You can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That is correct. Make your first bet up to $1,000. If it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlay spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Here is the call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. Make your first deposit. Get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Promo code is THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for complete details. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. As far as the hockey story goes, the Leafs are on this wacky road trip. Started in Ottawa Saturday, 5-4 in a lengthy shootout. Tuesday on to Elmont, New York to take on the Islanders, and it was the other way around. The Islanders destroyed the Leafs 7-2. And then Thursday night in Florida, guess what happens? 6-2 Leafs over the Florida Panthers. Trip continues Saturday in Carolina, Sunday in Nashville. And there's some wacky stuff going on here. There's some different looks from the Leafs, all getting set, of course, for the playoffs. What does it mean? Well, we'll only know once the playoffs start. So I'm not going to really hammer home any kind of point on what we've seen so far because to me, it's a game-by-game, night-by-night situation. You deal with what happened, you tweak it, you move on. There's no indictment here. There's no statement on the least state of affairs based on one result or a cluster of games here because it won't matter. We're not going to refer back to these games once the playoffs start. That's my take on it. Let's listen to my conversation with Dave McCarthy from SiriusXMNHL.com. Well, Dave, uh, I look at these uh, these last cluster of games. In fact, what, what lies ahead is uh, sort of, I'm not going to say insignificant, but, but I wouldn't put a lot of stock in them. How about yourself? Yeah, in terms of results, it's really a strange time of year. Like, I kind of get the feeling that the Leafs are essentially in the preseason right now, right? Where they're still yeah. trying to experiment with line combinations, experiment with with personnel differing in the lineup, um, experimenting with goaltending, to be quite frank. Uh, that's really what it feels like. And then when you're doing that, uh, at times you end up with some results that maybe don't look as nice to the naked eye, but really the result isn't the, the most primary concern at this point. However, in saying all that, Jim, uh, it is important for Sheldon Keefe to arrive at a point where he has come to the decision on the the personnel, number one, that he wants in the lineup, and then two, how he's going to set his lineup up. Because I think when you don't have that level of consistency, when you when you are still relatively unfamiliar with the guy beside you, that's not great. 
for for the most important time of year and and i'd like uh, a period of seven or eight games under my belt if i was a player where i i i'm playing with the guy that i am going to play with and i start to to gain an understanding of his tendencies where he wants to be where he likes to be all that type of stuff experimentation is great and it makes sense once they get as many new players a month or so ago at the deadline as they did but i think it's getting to the point now where it's time to to cut the experimentation and and dial in on on the approach that you're going to use you know i i agree with a lot of what you're saying there where i disagree is um i don't think that there's any point in the regular season that we're going to refer back to once the playoffs start um, and if you had the five or six games where it all all knitted together nicely and it didn't work out in in the first game then uh, i mean it would be discarded immediately for for right. me what, what i like about this and it, it has i hate to go down this road but it has a scotty bowman feel to it uh, in terms of the different looks that the forward unit has the different looks on the blue line um and and you know this is something that i don't think that the leafs have had before they've had other looks but but not the collection of different uh different structures and, and different lines that, that they have now i mean they could literally switch anybody around and, and it would make some sense and and i just go back to you know past failures if you go back to the the tampa series loss and the montreal series loss they didn't have in my opinion uh, the background or the uh, the options to to make adjustments and and once they lost their way they lost their way and and i think that you know what we're seeing now maybe we do refer to a certain line combination uh when they get into a a, a spot against tampa in the first round or maybe we don't uh, i don't know but but at least the option is there and i don't think it was ever there before uh, i i think that's a good point i i thought they were much more um singular in their approach in past years i mean it was it was Bunting, Matthews, Marner. It was Tavares and Nylander and, you know, Kerfoot, uh, for instance, last year. Um, and, and beyond that, like, if that wasn't working, they didn't really have a lot of different options to go to. The the other thing in all of this is that Ryan O'Reilly's not available right now. Yeah. So, um, you know, if he were here, it would be an entirely different look. But you got a taste, even when he was here, what John Tavares uh, on the wing would look like with O'Reilly up the lineup. And, and that looked pretty good. So, yeah, you're, you're right about that. I think it's important to be able to at least uh, introduce the element of doubt into the other team's head coach where they have to think long and hard about what it is you might do. And then uh, when they think they know what you're going to do, you can change it. So I think they absolutely have that ability um, this year. But I think at the end of the day, you still have to arrive at an approach that you think is your best option yeah. and then roll with that um, off the top and then see how long that carries you. And that's really what I'm getting at is to say, so you, you, you've got a different look at 11 and seven, you've got different looks with different deep pairings. You've seen O'Reilly in the top of the line. You've seen, uh, you've seen, you've seen Matthews, um, on a line by himself, uh, Tavares with Marner and Nylander on a, on a separate line. You've seen the spread out method, if you want to call it. Um, you know, all of that. So you, you have an idea, but but I do think there is some importance to, to zero into your best approach and roll with that for a handful of games heading into the playoffs. 
Oh, I absolutely agree with that. And, and the hope is, is that um, the coaching staff understands that when the best approach doesn't work, they could access those, those many options that they didn't have before. Right. And, you know, and having said that, they have the same number of options on the blue line, which is really, I think, fantastic to be able to say that. It, well, it is. It is. Um, you know, it was, was interesting to see Morgan Riley uh, go full Kawhi Leonard last night, I guess, with load management. Uh, <laughs> never... <laughs> well, it worked for the Raptors. <laughs> <laughs> it worked for the Raptors. Um, never thought I'd see that, but uh, look, they're kind of at the point the Leafs are right now with the blue line where you acquire this many guys, as, as Babs would say, you got to keep them alive. Um, <laughs> so in order to do that, somebody has to sit. And, you know, it may not be the worst thing to to roll through um, and give some guys like Gio, who they probably had to to drag kicking and screaming off the ice the other night when he when he load managed. Because, I mean, that guy missed the games, he just missed the morning skates like and he's the oldest player in the league. It's unbelievable. But that's his routine. He feels that is what makes him good. Um, and he has been good this year. So. Um, but I think, you know, what we've seen out of Eric Gustafson is a guy that can uh, play certain minutes at even strength, but can be really effective on the power play. So if you ever come up with a, a circumstance in the playoffs where Morgan Riley gets hurt or is ineffective um, at, on the man advantage, you've got another option there. Um, I still think they're trying to determine where they want uh, McCabe um and and Giordano who they want to play with the two of those guys whether it's going to be Hall, Lilligren, Shen you know that type of thing but they certainly have an abundance of depth on D and not just depth because there's guys wearing jerseys but depth because there's there's quality players that are not going to get to play necessarily which is a good problem to have I think because in the playoffs typically speaking if you go on a long run you're probably going to have to use 8D uh throughout at least so they're in a good position that way. But again, I would say I would like to get an idea, at least my top four of, of what the, the, the alignment is going to be there. Is it going to be Riley and Brody? Is it going to be McCabe and Hall? Um, you know, I think Geo is a lock as well. So is it going to be Shen? Is it going to be Lilligren? Um, you know, how are they going to fit Gustafson in if they feel that they need him? But I, I think the top four, at least, I think you think pretty soon here. You know, once once you get home, for instance, next week, um, like Tuesday at practice, is when I'd really like to see them dial into where they think they're going to go with their primary approach and then roll with that um, once once they get back home on uh, on Wednesday against Florida. Well, and the great thing about that is after a playoff loss, and, and yes, folks, there will be playoff losses, uh, instead of the, the spotlight focusing on, on a blue liner who didn't have a good game, you just pull them out of the lineup and you, you put somebody else in, and, and the spotlight absolutely dissipates them. And that's really not an option they had before. No, it isn't really at all. Um, you know, you looked, uh, and that was like Tampa's strength, right, on the back yeah. end the last couple of years, last three years, really. Um, certainly the two years that they won the cup, Luke Shen was a member of one of those teams. He didn't play every night. He played when, when the time called for it. And then if he didn't look great, well, he came out and, you know, it was Zach Bogosian who went in, or it was Cal Foote who went in. Um, and, and John Cooper really had that ability to, uh, to, to put, to put six guys on the ice 
um, or seven at times that he felt were playing good at that time. Um, Sheldon Keefe didn't have that ability. So that is a good thing. And I, and I like um, your point there, your approach, Jim, is that, okay, well, if say Lilligren has a, a tough game and, you know, he's fishing out of his net the, the whole game. Well, then, then he just comes out and then you put in Hall or you put in Shen or whoever it is. And then you're not going into the game saying, man, can Lilligren bounce back tonight? Man, can't win if, if he plays like that. He was just, he was all over. You're not talking like that. You're saying, okay, well, now we've got a guy that we acquire that we're confident in that has shown an ability throughout the regular season to contribute. Uh, now he's going to get his chance. And from a, a mental standpoint, you know, I think it's it's much better to have a positive approach than either a what was me approach, a negative approach, a nervous approach, um, anything of that nature. So, um, in in that sense, I think it will help that they have that many options to go with who they think is playing best on any given night. I mean, the coaching staff has to be ecstatic about this, and, and you know, you're talking about adding Ryan O'Reilly back in, which which will happen sometime, I think, in the next two weeks. And we don't know about Nyes and, and if he signs, and, and if he does, does he play? I mean, these are great options. These are great. I'm not going to say problems. These are great ads to have. Sure. Oh yeah. You know, you can never never have too many good players. Really, let's be honest here. And and um, I give Kyle Dubas a ton of credit for going out and acquiring these guys, um, finding a way to do it when it seemed like his hands were tied behind his back in a lot of cases with the, with the cap and all that. Um, you know, I, I think really the biggest challenge is now is, is not that they don't have the parts, it's that how can all of the parts fit best to the greater sum of the whole. I think that's really where the challenge is and where it lies right now. Um, and that's not the conversation that we were having in past years. It was, man, they got a big hole on the back end or, you know, geez, they, they don't have anybody that, that grinds you down up front, uh, lower in their lineup. Uh, you know, nobody like that, that that's what we were talking about in past years. We're not talking about it this year. It's how are these guys all going to fit together? Um, and, and again, I think that's a much better problem, you know, to have when you're, when you're building the barbecue, you, you'd rather open the box and have uh, too many parts where you don't know where they all go, but they don't seem necessary. than open the box and be like, Oh, can you believe it? I'm missing that screw. Now I can't, now I, you can't, you can't cook like that. You can't win when you don't have all the parts. Well, and a probably good example is if you go back two years ago when they got the Felino at the deadline and, uh, you know, he was the missing piece. Well, obviously it didn't work out because of injury, but, you know, I don't, I don't know that the, that there's anybody here they acquired that you would say is the missing piece. They're, they've, they've added a lot of people here, but they're all, they all sort of fit in. And, and if one goes down, as we've seen with O'Reilly out, uh, next man up. So I, I really like the, the depth and versatility here. Yeah, I do. And I, look, I think Nick Foligno was a good ad at the time. I remember on this very show telling you prior to the, the, the trade that it would be a good ad. Um, and unfortunately, the guy got hurt. But, you know, I, I still think you know, while they got Foligno, there were still remaining holes on that team yeah. that, that came to roost. They didn't have, you know, the fact that he got hurt was not ideal. But when he was not in the lineup they didn't have anybody that, that wore you down. Like the bottom two lines were way too soft to play against. Um, up front, I still think they were missing a uh, a winger at the time. Uh, you know, they just, they, the top lines didn't deliver. So you look at the, the depth now, it's much greater than it was two years ago at the time 
Um, they've got players of, of varying skill sets, like, you know, Sam Lafferty, uh, Noel Achari. Uh, these guys are, are two guys that play a similar way. Um, so it's not just you bring in one guy, you brought in two. Uh, O'Reilly kind of plays that way as well, but with a greater skill set. Um, we saw, I, I really liked, quite frankly, the way it looked when Ron Riley played center with, uh, with, with, uh, Tavares. And I think it was Marner. Now, I, I think shifting Tavares over to the wing, well, now you kind of acquired a winger who, you know, that was an area that we were saying prior to the deadline, they might need to address. Well, they didn't go get a, a top six winger, but they got Ryan O'Reilly that in a way can create you a top six winger. So you can solve the problem that way. Um, there's there's a lot of different options going back, I guess, to what we talked about at the beginning that Sheldon Keefe can have to deploy now that he, he didn't really have options for uh, in the past. Uh, I was inspired by the performance Thursday night in Florida against the Panthers because we spent a lot of time on the uh, support players. Uh, but in this particular game, Matthews, Tavares, Nylander, Marner, and Bunting all had really good games and all contributed nicely. And, you know, quite frankly, these are the guys that have to drive this thing forward. The support players are needed. They have specific roles, and you can't win without them. But these guys drive it. Yes, without question. You know, I, I look at, at the Leafs as a as a sports car. Let's put it that way, a Ferrari. Um, if, if you want to win a race in a Ferrari, your engine, whatever the hell's under that hood, you know, your Marner, your Matthews, that's your engine. It needs to be firing. But in saying all that, even if that engine is firing at 100%, if you don't have, you know, your side view mirrors um, and your hydraulics and the lug nuts on your tires to keep them on the car, the Lafferty's, the Acharis, um, you know, the Yarn Crocs, you still can't win even if that engine is going at 100%. However, if you've got the hydraulics and the, the nuts are screwed on as good as can be and your side view mirror is glistening in that twinkle of sun, that all looks nice. But if your engine is on the floor, you can't, you can't win a race either. So I guess that's a long way of saying um, you need the sum of the parts to win, but it's, it's absolutely as critical um, for that engine to drive you where you need to go. And then you get the contributions from guys down your lineup uh, from time to time. If you don't get it from, from the Matthews, the Marners, the Tavares, the Nylanders, uh, let's throw O'Reilly into that mix as well and, and, and get a stop every now and again from somebody. You, you're not going anywhere on the back of Nola Chari or Sam Lafferty or, or Zach Aston Reese or Callie Yarncrog. It's just not going to, it's just not going to work that way, but they absolutely can have a game. Like you look at look at Tampa last year. Every every series, they you know point at Kucherov scored every night. Like that was as you say non negotiable. It just seemed like every night they would score. But then you know there was the Nick Paul game, or there was the Ross Colton game along the way, um, you know, or there was the Corey Perry game along the way. And and of the the wins that they had. Maybe there were four or five wins of the, I mean, I guess it didn't win last year, but, you know, say two years ago, let's call it 16, where, you know, four or five of the 16 wins um, were the result of of the grunts uh, doing the job on that particular night. 
But why could we look back and say, oh, well, you know, Ross Cole had a game or Corey Perry had a game? Because Nikita Kucherov and Braden Point had a game every night and that carried them to where they wanted to be and gave the, the guys down the lineup the chance to contribute from time to time. Dave, I'm just I'm thankful you didn't do the barbecue uh, explanation on that, and you went with the Ferrari. Thanks very much. Oh, you didn't like the barbecue explanation? Well, well, I did. I just didn't know how you could you could take that to the next level. Well, I had already used it. I try to come up with different material, right? That's right. Yeah, that's why you're on, that's why you're on the podcast, guy. I mean, that's it right there. <laughs> I've learned from the best. You never repeat material, Jim. You know that's that. it. There you go. You are a good student. Thanks very much, buddy. Always good, thanks. Last minute of play in this podcast. All right, thank you, Mike Ross, for that time warning. Time now for a lickety-split yes guy, no guy on the way out. Yes guy, no guy number one. Core players will be fine. Absolutely yes guy. They showed that Thursday night against the Florida Panthers. These guys definitely drive this ship. The support players are needed, as we talked about with Dave McCarthy. The core players are fine. Yes guy. Yes guy, no guy number two. Roster flexibility is unprecedented for the Leafs. Oh, that's a big yes guy. Never seen this before. Give me a situation. They got to look for it. And that's a positive situation. Yes guy, yes guy, yes guy. Let's go out on this. Yes guy, no guy. Worried about how the Leafs finish? Absolutely no guy. This stuff is irrelevant. It's a look and see thing where you try to develop different looks. It all comes down to what are you going to do in the playoffs? How are you going to counter what the other team does? How are they going to counter what you do? And if you win that, you win the series. Thanks for stopping by. Hope you enjoyed Episode 22, Season 3 of Leafs Guy. Hope you come back next week for Episode 23.